Welcome to the Solo 2.0 podcast, where two sisters, Jess and Rye, focused on health and hormone balance to help you step into that 2.0 version of you. Growing up, we heard all about hormones, sometimes more than we wanted, from our mom, who is a hormone health educator. As we got older, we rebelled and experienced our own health struggles and ups and downs. But today we have businesses helping people get in tune with their bodies, break free from restrictive eating and lifestyle habits, and learn how to balance their hormones naturally. So what can you expect from this podcast? Honest conversations and hot topics that should be more mainstream, like period health, cycle tracking, non-hormonal birth control, and our unique take on fad diets and trends that aren't always so supportive for women. Plus, interviews with health and wellness entrepreneurs making a big impact in the world. Ladies, it's time we align with our powers and redefine what healthy means to us. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. This is Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And normally I'm joined by my lovely sister, Rye Birch, who is the co-founder of our family business, Your Hormone Balance. But today you just have me for the intro, and then I am going to be joined by Valerie Ajiman, who hopefully I just pronounced your last name correctly, Valerie. If not, I'm so sorry. But she is a women's health dietitian and nutrition media expert. She's a podcast host and the founder of Flourish Heights, which is a women's health nutrition practice, digital platform, and community helping women nourish a healthy relationship with food and empowering them to build confidence in their bodies and overall health while shining light on overlooked topics like periods, hormone nutrition, body literacy, and more. I am such a fan of Valerie's. We connected about a year ago now, and we've had a lot of back and forth conversations through DM on Instagram, and finally got to connect and have this important conversation, which is really going to be focused around tracking your cycle and the importance of ovulation, the signs of ovulation, and how nutrition plays a role in all of that. Uh, there's definitely a lot that we connect on and bond on in this episode, and there's clearly a lot that we could continue to talk about, especially when it comes to the relationship that we have with our bodies and food and hormones and just loving up on ourselves and embracing the unique feminine power that we have and and Valerie is just really all about that. So um, she is a trusted expert in the media and has appeared in many publications like Women's Health Magazine, Martha Stewart, Insider, Bustle Today, and more. So because we want to get right into this conversation, I'm actually just going to dial her up and we're going to get straight into it. We hope you enjoy this this chat. Hello. Hey, Valerie. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Doing wonderful as well and really stoked to chat with you today and to reconnect. I feel like I see you just always over on Instagram and I feel like I know you <laughs> and we're friends, but this is really like our second time getting to chat. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. So excited for this conversation today. Yay. So welcome to the show. Um, you and I connected just for those who don't know, like I said, through Instagram and I was completely sucked into all of your content. Not only is it just really aesthetically pleasing, I love the pink pop, <laughs> but also just your posts are super relatable. You give so many tangible tips and tools um, to just really empower women to get to know their bodies and their hormones and become their own health advocates 
without turning to fad diets, which, or restriction. And I know you talk a lot about eating enough and that's something that really resonates with me totally up my alley. So definitely had to have you on. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. I definitely a lot of, um, these kinds of things are, it's kind of what keeps me going. Um, just being there to empower and educate women around these topics that, you know, we don't get a chance to talk about too much. So yeah, exactly. Yes. So before we dive into today's focus for the show, which is really going to be all about the importance of ovulation and cycle tracking and how nutrition plays a role in those things. Let's start by kind of having you take it back to, where and when or how did you get into the work that you do as a female a women's dietitian focusing on health and hormones and yeah like what got you into it and what got you super fired up about the work that you do today so i will give you the sort of shorter version because um i feel like even as a young child like in my well in my teenage years um that's kind of how my interest in nutrition peaked and throughout my experiences and you know what i've come come into um touch with throughout these years have really kind of um pushed me into the world of women's health so i decided i wanted to do something with nutrition at the age of 16. um i never really heard about what a dietitian was um you know being young i had body image challenges like far beyond like you know earlier and before 16 so like around like you know 10 11 um you had a lot of body image challenges just like most women of course um and you know just how my environment was i wanted to look like everyone you know everyone else around me um i always felt like i was the oddball out you know everyone else was like petite and slender i was always like the biggest in the group i you know always looked older than i was i developed early um and you know as i got older i started doing sports and i really got into this whole like over exercising under eating type of type of lifestyle because i thought that was healthy right and i think that's the thing that's the that's the problem with you know society we feel like we have to kind of overdo it and that's absolutely not the case and just i'm so happy to have this conversation today but yeah. um during that time of just discovering what nutrition was i learned it was a science i was just so interested and and fascinated about like just the way food um has an impact on how it makes you feel how it makes you look um how it can be used for disease prevention i mean in my family growing up diabetes high cholesterol those kinds of things run in run in my family so i just realized there wasn't much conversation about like what we should be eating um what should be what we should be um doing to kind of better manage these conditions or to prevent them um i didn't really see that in my community i just felt like you know this is a very interesting path i want to you know be on this path and see how maybe i can be a voice one day in my community i mean i love helping people and i love the science i love learning i love food <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and health um but you know i didn't want to go in you know to be uh, like a doctor or a nurse or anything like that so i just kind of stuck with nutrition and i you know just i think later on years later i realized that a registered dietitian was a thing and um you know i i did my my schooling and everything and then i told myself that i'm gonna start a platform one day catered to you know empowering women in their health and 
you know, through that, I've just been able to build this platform where we're really just helping, you know, women nourish a healthy relationships with food, helping them to be more empowered and educated around, you know, um, food and their bodies, building confidence, um, but also shining the light on these like overlooked topics that we really just don't talk about your periods, hormone nutrition, body literacy, all these types of things. And the women's health type of specialty really came more so recently in the past like three years. Um, you know, I had someone who was really close to me who struggled with um, fibroids. I never really knew that was a thing, but I saw how it just really impacted her health in such a like negative way. Um, and so that got me thinking like, how could something like this affect, you know, affect somebody, you know? And so I think it, I just, I took that time to really kind of expand my knowledge on, you know, topics surrounding hormone related issues, seeing how nutrition can factor in and play a role into helping to, you know, like, um, improve or just prevent or, you know, whatever the case is, um, you know, through diet and lifestyle. And um, that's kind of where it started. Um, and I I love it. You know, there's not many um, dietitians of color in this, in general, but really more so in the women's health space. And, mm -hmm. you know, I would get people reaching out, hey, like, Valerie, like, are you taking on clients? I have, you know, PCOS. And I need, you know, to, I need someone to help me, but I want, you know, someone that looks like me or someone that can, you know, um, that I'll be more comfortable with, et cetera. And I, I just saw that happening like all the time. And I was like, I just felt like I was missing out on what I needed to really be, be doing. So that, you know, kind of pushed me to, you know, um, getting even more specialized and opening up my practice. And so now I'm, I'm helping, you know, women who have to nourish better with PCOS, fibroids, um, things like that. And through my, my practice flourish heights and digital platform. So that's kind of like the short, long version without getting too detailed here. But um, I am really passionate about this. And I think we can't have these conversations um, enough. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I loved hearing. I mean, that's the perfect description. And I know it's so hard. I can relate. Like I've been on podcasts where it's like, how do I bring all of my experience and how I got into what I do in a few sentences or a paragraph yes. and get across <laughs> everything I want to get across because there's so much and you did such a wonderful job. And I just love I'm how so glad. You, yes. No, killed it. Uh, but yeah, I love and relate to so much of what you said. I think so many women can relate to that feeling of being young, feeling like the odd one out, or even just wanting to fit in with everybody yeah. else. And, you know, starting to see maybe different curves of your body or not understanding why you might look different than the person next to you or why you can't look like the popular girl who gets picked <laughs> for all the sports teams. Like that was something that I remember at a young age, just being like, why does no one ever pick me for Red Rover or whatever <laughs> the game was, you know? Um, and I remember that game. Oh my God. And it's just, it, it can really take a hit on your confidence and kind of get stored as this trauma super early on. And I find it really yeah. interesting that you said it was at like nine or 10 that you became aware of your body because that to me is very young, but I think it is very common, especially with the portrayal of women's bodies in the media. And now I can't even imagine how young that's hitting home with girls with Instagram. And yeah. Oh my gosh. The filters, oh my gosh. The filters Ooh. that 
completely transform your face and your body and all of a sudden you hate how you look unless you have a filter insane so crazy anyway side tangent but (laughs) i i very much relate to your story and it's so incredible that you kind of took that and decided okay i want to become interested in nutrition how that impacts my body i see that my family is dealing with diabetes i don't want that for myself you know i want to help them So how can I take that and work with women and then take it to the next level and really hone in on hormones because that plays a role in literally everything. Not only our weight, but our mood, our sleep, you know, our energy, our skin, it is literally everything. And so yes, and nutrition is, and we've heard it before, it really is food is medicine, but at the same time, it can be challenging because I know that a lot of dietitians, you know, they prescribe quote unquote their their clients a plan or a diet where it can be very restrictive. And so I think we get into this like, oh, well, you know, if I'm if I'm focusing on my diet and nutrition, that means that I need to restrict or eat less or whatever it is. Absolutely not. And it's so empowering that that's not the message that you take. It's like, okay here's how to understand why nutrition is important and how to utilize it for your unique body, but then how to not fear it and to love your body at the same time. So before we get into, you know, our topic around ovulation, I kind of just wanted to touch on that, like, and, and also want to acknowledge how incredible to be focused on representation within an industry that needs more of it and really creating a safe space that women can come to you and say, hey, I, I want to work with someone that looks like me, that I can relate to, you know, that's really going to care about me as a human and my unique experience. Um, but with that said, the focus on body confidence and, you know, cultivating that while also being focused on nutrition how would you say that you work with women to allow them to care about what they're putting in their mouth, but then also to not get super obsessed about it and to make sure they're eating enough? That's a really, really great question. And I honestly think that um, there's so many things that factor into how we view our relationship with food in our bodies. And you said it yourself, like, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, our the environment that we've experienced growing up. It's, you know, what we see in the media, um, how maybe we were treated younger. And, you know, this sort of creates some kind of trauma. But what I've realized just working with women more and more is that some of us are disconnected um, from our bodies. And um, I think it's it's all about, like, how do we get back to getting in tune with it right and yes. it's not as easy as it sounds and and i'm not saying that to say hey like that's all you have to do get in tune because we know that it's that's just like horrible advice but it's also just yeah. so so complicated but i think the more and more i do this kind of work it's like how can like i'm at the end of the day i'm gonna meet you halfway and i you know your body the best you know, you, you have to get to the point where you can become the expert of your own body and not letting other others dictate what you need to do, not letting the, the, the next diet that you see, you know, on social media tell you, hey, like you have to do this or not not being so easily influenced about 
about your body. It's and and I know that it can be very tempting and we're already very vulnerable to these kinds of things, right? Because where we were taught, you know, we needed to 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 look a certain way. And then you you see something that looks so amazing, you want to jump in, and then next thing you know, it's not working. You find yourself like in this cycle. But it's like, how can we just go back to getting to a place where we can just find some kind of connection, you know, with our bodies, and so that we can um, just do what we do what we need to do that will be best for it. You know, if you're not connected, you're not going to be able to support it in the best way possible. Um, and I'm so happy that today we're talking about cycle tracking because I think that's one of the most important things that we can do to just be an expert of our body, you know, yeah. and I think um, back to that, you know, question of connection, you know, what are some things that we can even do to connect with our body? And I think just general practical things that we can do is like, you know, exploring how you feel, like sit sit with your body, you know, doing a body scanner you know, maybe it's getting to the point of, um, you know, if, if let's say you're struggling with body image or anything like that, it's like, you know, how are you um, appreciating your body? I'm not saying you have to get to the point of like loving it completely because honestly, I don't feel like the majority of women like absolutely love it, but it's like get to a neutral point of it. Can you at least yes. appreciate it? Can you at least show it compassion? Um, even when it comes to eating, like can you um, really take time to you know, enjoy your meal and, you know, um, eat slowly, take breaks between bites, all those types of like mindful eating is what I'm, where I'm getting at. Um, yeah. That works for some. I'm not saying this is going to work for everyone or people even would, you know, like it, but I think it does help, you know, dressing in a way that makes you feel good. Yes. Um, there's just so many things that we can do to get back to connecting. So I think to just generally answer your question, it's like, um, you as an individual person, no matter who you're consulting, you know, a dietitian, whatever, you know, everybody has their own, you know, you know, nutrition, can't talk today, nutrition philosophy when it comes to food and all these types of things. But it's like, for me personally, like every, per, every, you know, um, client that I have, it's like, you know, we, we come to the middle, like I'm here to support you in your journey. I'm here to educate and empower you. But at the end of the day, you are, you are the one that knows your body the best. And, and we have to get to a place where we can at least connect it in some, you know, in some way so that both of us, you know, me helping you can get to a point of, um, you know, just supporting it and making sure it's getting exactly what it needs for you to flourish yes. <laughs> in your journey. I love that. I love that word flourish. It's so beautiful. And yeah, what you said, I think really what you're doing is you're working with the female as the individual that they are versus giving the same plan to every person, expecting them to get the results that they want. It's like you're mm -hmm. giving these women these tools to get better connected with their own bodies, to feel excited about choices that they're making from a place of how they want to feel versus, you know, I always say how you want to feel versus always first how you want to look. And when you take steps from that place of how you want to feel, then the results are just so much longer lasting and sustainable and really just getting women in tune with their bodies and understanding that 
you could be doing the exact same thing as the person sitting next to you and get completely different results. And we have to learn to sort of drown out the noise, put on the little earmuffs and be like, oh, I'm going to listen yeah. and I'm going to. I'm going to be a sponge and I'm going to absorb knowledge and education and try different things, but I'm going to do me and I'm going to focus on tuning in and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And that is a process and it takes time and it's not overnight. So don't beat yourself up if you're not seeing results right away or you're like, I don't know what that means to tune in with my body. I don't know how to make these choices. You know, we haven't been given the tools in most schools with our upbringing, unless we had parents who were super ahead of the game and were like, okay, I'm going to teach you about female anatomy and how the period works and all of that. But (laughs) (laughs) we're not taught that themselves. And so they also need that love and support. So kind of bringing it full circle. Why is getting in tune with your menstrual cycle and learning to track your menstrual cycle so important as a female of reproductive age? I mean, at the end of the day, and I want to just make one more note before we um, jump into that. Yeah. Like, I think understanding, like, if you if you actually take, I think most of us, we're, we're just so busy. You know, have you ever been so busy that you you don't even realize like what's actually going on with your day? Everything's so routine, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, we really have to get to a point of like take actually making time to observe our observing our body and and learning it. Um, and I think as we start to do that, you know, you'll really find that it's it's it gets easier. Um, and I love that you said it, it doesn't happen overnight because it absolutely doesn't. Um, but just simple things like, you know, if you're dealing with, you know, you you kind of notice something is off, you're you're just jotting it down and, you know, you can kind of keep track of that. I think it, it all, you know, you have to kind of start um, from where you are. But with when it, as it comes to, to cycle tracking, um, there's so many reasons why we should absolutely um, be doing that. I mean, not only can it just give you an estimate of, you know, when your next period will arrive, but it can just increase your awareness of what's going on in your body. Just many, like many aspects of your health, whether that's, you know, appetite changes that are going on. I mean, have you ever noticed like, and this happens to some people, like they get um, like serious, like period, you know, food cravings right before their period or week before, you know, days before whatever the case is. Um, or, you know, you're, you're taking time to, you know, become aware of your mood, mood, you know, mood changes that you may experience, um, PMS symptoms, all these things, it can just give you more control, make you feel more in control of your body. Um, but not only that, it can just provide you with, um, a unique pattern so that you, you know, like, so you can better communicate that to your healthcare provider. So like, let's say um, you notice that you, I don't know, there's some symptom that you've been dealing with and you're like, I don't know why this keeps happening. Like, when is this happening? Okay, you're gonna start, you know, tracking and, and taking note of it. And so you start to notice a pattern. And then finally, you take that information to your doctor and say, hey, this is what's going on. Like, I've, I've jotted these things down. Let's get to the bottom of this. Or you can even take note of 
let's say your periods are irregular and you're not understanding why, or even your stress, like jotting down like how you're feeling and all those types of things. And especially, you know, if you're also trying to become pregnant or, you know, planning, um, it, it can, you can take those extra steps to, you know, either, um, to increase your awareness around your fertility or to prevent pregnancy, you know, in, in, in addition to maybe other birth control methods that you're on. But overall, it's just a great opportunity to um, practice becoming that expert of your body and also listening, listening to it. Yes. And I could not agree more. And I think going back to something you said about some women get more hungry during certain times of their cycle. That's something that I found so fascinating when I learned that during that late luteal phase, also known as the premenstrual week, and actually pretty much the whole luteal phase, our metabolism speeds up and we actually require more food in the form of fuel and calories in order to not only burn fat if weight loss is a goal, but to have the energy that you need to power through the day, to you know have a stable mood, to be producing enough progesterone, you know all of these things that we that are so important to us. And if we follow you know diet culture or the recommendations from a lot of doctors that is to just you know eat less exercise more that can actually do the reverse of what we want we can start putting on weight we can feel super fatigued we can actually start to decrease our muscle size you know and so and, and throw off our cycles so knowing that yeah. it becomes really empowering because to your point you're tuning into your body and rather than guilting yourself and saying, oh my gosh, you slob, why are you still hungry? You know, why are, <laughs> why are you still wanting to eat more? Like you should just have the willpower and just, you know, drink more water. Um, no, you, you understand, okay, no, I'm in my luteal phase. I'm burning more calories. My metabolism is speeding up. My body needs more fuel. It needs more nutrient-rich carbohydrates. And I'm doing what my body needs. And then you realize, wow, I feel satiated. I have more energy. Yeah. I'm getting through my you know, day much easier. I'm not snapping at my husband every five seconds. So <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Ooh, or your your yeah. boyfriend or or you know oh, your fiance when I'm hangry, autumn. <laughs> when I'm hangry during the luteal phase, like he needs to get out if you know or go get me some food. Um <laughs> otherwise, yeah, it's not a pretty situation. But you know, I've been in that in that situation myself where but previous to tracking my cycle, I'd get super hungry before my period and I would try to stick to that 1400 calories a day or whatever I was trying to do. And lo and behold, I would feel horrible and just be so moody. And then once I learned this, it's, it just became so exciting. Like, Ooh, I get to fuel myself and have an extra snack. <laughs> Amazing. No, I, you know, and I'm so happy. You're, I have this like really cheesy smile, like while she was talking guys, but, <laughs> I it. um, I was like, I'm just like, yes, this is what I want. And I remember we, we, um, I like, we did a, a, a post or a blog or something on it, just talking about like, like period cravings are normal. Yes. They are normal. They, I mean, it's a part, like, I mean, you know, to a certain, a certain extent, we're not getting all in the details of whatnot, but yes, it's a, it's just like your body is telling you like, Hey, feed me more. I'm, I'm putting in more work to 
get ready to shed your lining so that you can have a period. Give me food. I need calories. I need energy. Like you don't have to feel guilty for what your body is trying to do. And when you do, when you are the expert of your body, you don't have time to be guilty because you know, like you're just wanting to do what you need to do to take care of it. You don't have time to feel guilty. You don't have time to be, you know, upset that you're eating an extra bag of chips, whatever. You know, like it's, totally. it's just what it what it needs. And so I think and I, I hope that we can all get to that place. Yes. And that we honor our hunger cues and that we don't shove it down. And, you know, <laughs> I, I I know I, I touched on it, but I just hate it when you hear in diet culture like, oh, you're hungry. Just drink more water. Like, just drink water, you know? And it's like, water is not food. Okay, that's not food. I understand that if you're dehydrated, you can feel hungry. So, yes, hydrate, but also if you're hungry, eat food. Eat. Um, yeah, so Cheers. we'll get more into that. Cheers to that. Uh, we will get more into that for sure, because that's a huge passion of both of ours. But just to kind of go back a little bit for those who are like, uh oh, I don't even know what cycle tracking is. What, how can someone start to track their cycle in a way that's easy and not overwhelming? Because I think sometimes it can feel like a lot on top of busy schedules. And sometimes people get a little bit afraid because it might seem overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's certainly um, things that you can do. There's so many apps now that are so helpful in breaking things down for you. But just generally, I think, um, I think in the older days, um, most people or those who were, you know, cycle tracking and things like that were um, using a calendar. But mm-hmm. um, I think there's, I, I would just go to the apps because I know we're all like most of us into the digital world. And um, yeah. so there's a lot of great apps out there um, that are very helpful. Um, I am not in affiliation with any of these apps, but, you know, I really like Clue or Period Tracker, Flow. These are all um really amazing but i think generally um starting out with like when you are bleeding like if you know if you are bleeding or you know even if you're on birth control you can still like track and keep track of certain things too but write down the first day of your period um you know and you can also kind of make a mark on each day you know throughout your your calendar until your period stops that's a really great a great Thing to do you can also kind of take note of you know how the flow is is it light is it heavy are you spotting in between periods um talk about the bleeding you know what's the color you know are there a lot of clots in there so that's i would say doing that is a, a, a great first start um to kind of getting into cycle tracking you can also track how you feel like record how you're feeling like you know, if you feel that you're a little more irritable that day for whatever reason, write it down. If you are getting headaches, um, for me personally, I discovered a couple years ago that I have um, hormonal migraines, and it's just um, you know, I do right too. Uh, is this an, isn't it the worst thing ever? Honestly, it's for the worst have thing never, ever. If I yeah, for people who have never experienced migraines, I just pray <sighs> that you never have to because never it really is the most debilitating thing ever, and. I, we need to talk about this a separate time because this is something I'm also so passionate about because so many women suffer from this three times more than men. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's, yeah, yeah. but continue because same thing for me, I figured out tracking, it was hormonally related. Yes. Oh my God. And you know, what's funny, like 
um, I came to also find out my mom, why my mom always like had migraines, things like that, my sister too. But, you know, I found out it was also a genetic thing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was getting migraines all the freaking time. And I realized it was just became more common. And then my sister was like, oh, do you get them before your periods? I'm like, I don't know. At the time I wasn't cycle dragging, but when I started doing it, I realized it was like a couple days before or during sometimes after. And I was like, oh, this is what, so now I can adjust my life so that, you know, I can kind of be able to help manage the the pain or sometimes even like eliminate a little bit of the pain with lifestyle type of things and just go easy on those dates. Mm-hmm. I know we're getting a little sidetracked here, but yes, hormonal migraines, guys, it sucks. I have someone coming to my podcast to talk about it. Um, she's actually a neurologist and she specializes in hormone, hormonal migraines because I know so many of us deal with it. Yes, that's incredible. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, that that point is is still really important because it's showing that there's things that you may not realize are connected to different times of your cycle, and that it may be due to your hormone levels fluctuating, and there's specific things that you can do to support yourself that are really going to help. And so just to kind of get into that, so if someone, so they start an app. I love the Flow app, F-L-O. It's by Elisa mm-hmm. Video. If you're someone who wants to learn, because there's four distinct phases of every menstrual cycle, which we're not going to have time to get into today. But your menstrual phase is when you start bleeding. And then there's the follicular phase that follows that for about seven to 10 days. Then we have the ovulatory phase, which is up to six days. There's only one day that we ovulate, but there's up to six days that we can actually get pregnant a month because sperm can live inside of us for up to five or six days. And then after that, we go into the luteal phase, which is about 10 to 14 days. And that is the longest phase. And so for someone who is tracking their cycle, let's say they've downloaded this app, they're like, okay, input in my period. And then I marked the day when it's finished and I'm putting in symptoms and maybe things that I'm noticing in my body or things that I'm experiencing or mood changes. I've got that down. You know, my app tells me I'm now in the follicular phase because my period has ended. And then next it's telling me that I'm in my ovulatory phase. This is where I say red flag. Just be aware that your app can only give you a prediction of the ovulatory phase. It does not know exactly when you're ovulating. It's giving you a prediction based on how long the average each phase is. And so how can someone get in tune with their body to know when they're actually ovulating, not just trusting what the app is saying? Okay, so does your audience know much about what ovulation is? To begin yeah, with? I mean, we've got, we do a lot of episodes on this stuff, okay. but if you Great. can give just a quick overview, that would actually be super helpful and just touch on the importance of ovulation. Yeah, so in a nutshell, it basically is like the queen of your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, kind of, yeah, it is. Um, and it's just basically your your egg is being released um, from the ovary. So um, it's it's just a really important part of your the process, um, obviously for fertility, but it, it does play a fundamental um, role in women's health um, beyond that. So you know, for example, there's some people that may not even, you know, ovulate. Maybe if, if you understand what ovulation is, you'd be able to identify if something is off and you need to kind of seek medical attention. Um, certain 
issue, you know, certain conditions, like for example, hypothyroidism, polycystic ovarian syndrome, et cetera, all these types of things can um, kind of lead to, you know, having those conditions sometimes mean that you may not ovulate. Um, it's not always the case for everyone, but it's it's pretty common. Um, not normal, but common. Um, so yeah, key is, you know, fertility, getting pregnant, but it's also like just um, good to just for overall health um, awareness. And so many things can impact that, you know, of course, hormonal issues um, or hormonal conditions, rather irregular sleep cycles, not eating enough, um, right. smoking, super high stress, over-exercising, all those things can impact. But generally, when it comes to kind of knowing if you are ovulating, um, and yes, I'm so happy you mentioned not to be so like getting uptight about the app, you know, just because it's like, today's your ovulation day. I'm always moving it because it's always wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it's like my period comes a different time and I'm like, okay, yeah, ovulation happened on this day. Or if like I notice certain changes, I'm like, yeah, this it happened on this day. Yeah, so the app is literally like a joke sometimes, but yeah. it's a great predictor. So yeah, um, they have those ovulation, ovulation predictor kits, but you still need to just add other things to, you know, to, to um, kind of take note of. Um, lots of people chart their their temperatures, their basal um, body temperature. Um, there's like ovula ovulation monitors. There's, you know, um, it can get expensive, but I, I, I believe um, understanding your cycle overall is it's helpful. And then um, getting down to, you know, sometimes using these kinds of um, tests to help you out, but definitely just naturally looking at your cervical mucus can be helpful if you've ever looked at it and get into looking at it, even though it may sound weird to some people who are listening, but it, this is all about getting in, to know your body, becoming an expert of it, but um, getting to know your cervical mucus um, changes in like the discharge that um, coming out. Um, you know, you'll find that if you're ovulating, you'll have like this you know, egg white or like super slippery, wet type of um, sticky kind of discharge coming out. Um, at times too, some people have this like increased sex drive. They're like, hey, yeah. hey let's get it on. Uh -huh. <laughs> let's get it let's on. Get it on. <laughs> I know. Um, I <laughs> Is that, that what song. you were singing? <laughs> yes. Every time someone says that, that song comes in my head. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And then when it comes to tracking your, your basal, um, body temperature it increases so if you're like really looking at the data every single day you know you're before you even get up you're um taking note of your temperatures you'll notice um some some slight changes within that um yeah. cervical position is a little comp i would say it's 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 helpful um but it can be complex sometimes i think that's more i think advanced but there's so many um things that you can i mean and some people have like ovulation pain i've never experienced it but i know like that's a thing too um yeah. breast tenderness yeah i mean everybody's you know body is different but i think it all gets down to um just generally getting into um just under like tracking simply and then kind of building off of that like having some kind of building some kind of foundation for yourself and then um, going from there. But yeah, there's, uh, those are some, some signs of ovulation, some common signs, um, I would say. Yeah, and I think to your point, it's really figuring out maybe trial and error, trying a few different techniques and figuring out what works for you. For example, yeah. 
I, for a time, was doing the ovulation prediction kits where you pee on a stick and you wait and you see, you know, the color change to see if you have that LH surge, which is getting a little bit more technical. But that, yeah. to me, I was, was trying not to like not make it technical. <laughs> no, totally. But that to me wasn't sustainable. And I started to feel some guilt around it. Like, oh, I keep forgetting to do that. And then that made me feel bad. So I started to realize, okay, what works for me is checking for the cervical fluid, which I know it may sound gross to you if you've never done it before, but it honestly it becomes just super interesting, almost like a science experiment. You're like, ooh, like, <laughs> okay, if you have, if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of discharge, like some people, there's a lot around ovulation and for, and it's like very egg whitey. Like if you stretch your fingers, it could reach from one, from the thumb to the index finger, you could stretch it. But for some women, the fluid is just a little bit more than normal. It's not a lot mm -hmm. for other women. It's very abundant. And so just mm -hmm. kind of knowing your unique body, like I don't get an abundance yes. of cervical fluid. You know, I get a little bit, but I, it is egg whitey. So I can tell. Um, and then the basal body temperature. I love natural cycles. It's technically a non-hormonal birth control app, but you just take your temperature every morning. You just need to take it about five mornings a week and it's really cool because your temperature spikes by only about 0.5 to a degree after you've ovulated. So that's when you can tell, okay, I've ovulated and now I'm in the luteal phase and you know, I can be safer if I'm, you know, it depends on if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're family planning, then you can plan accordingly. But anyway, I just wanted to make that point that we really want to get in tune with what works for us, find that sweet spot, mm -hmm. and it may change over time, but do what you know you can be consistent with. Yeah. And what makes sense to you because yes. yeah, it's different for everyone. Absolutely. Totally. These are just general, general signs. Yep. And so with ovulation, obviously, you know, and I'm going to say something else actually, because this isn't obvious to everyone, but we produce progesterone upon ovulation and progesterone is really, really important for regular cycles and for mood and sleep, fertility, honestly, so, so important. So if we're not ovulating, we're not producing progesterone. And so that's one of the reasons ovulation is super, super important but you kind of touched on it. What are some nutritional factors that can shut down ovulation or make it so that it's less frequent? I think, <clears throat> I think the most, the most important things um, when it comes to all this fertility, ovulation, et cetera, um, is eating enough and eating a variety of foods. Um, Eating enough, which I mean, there's just a lot of women who are, I mean, not, there's not a lot of women who are eating as much as their body actually needs. Um, mm -hmm. And so eating enough, enough, can't talk today, but eating enough does ensure that your body has enough energy to fuel the very <laughs> intense process or energy intense process of, of developing an egg, of of ovulating and then you know going along the cycle like if you were to conceive carrying the baby etc like we really need to support our body with you know vitamins and minerals to for just optimal um fertility or optimal reproductive well-being so we want to make sure that we're getting 
plenty of antioxidant rich, anti-inflammatory foods, um, herbs, spices, all these things can really protect your cells um, from that oxidative damage, or I call them the bad guys. <laughs> but, uh -huh. you know, so some options, you know, you're getting in some, some fruits and veggies, um, you're getting in some, some herbs and spices, some nuts, seeds, um, you know, fish for those omega-3s, um, olive oil, just, you know, those healthy fats. Those are um, generally some, you know, some, some kind of nutritional type of things to consider. Eating, you know, eating a good breakfast um, is so important. Um, you know, a balanced breakfast, making sure you're getting enough protein and, and fats. We need fats. Like fats are not mm -hmm. evil. Carbs are not evil. These actually do support your body. They actually help to, you know, like produce hormones, like make the hormones yes. and to kind of regulate them. So it's, it's so, so key. Um, you know, there's just, you know, I think I said fiber already. That's also super important for you know, balancing your blood sugars and, you know, supporting, kind of getting rid of those excess hormones. A lot of my clients currently are dealing with constipation. I have one that like goes to the bathroom like once a week and I'm like, oh my goodness, let's talk. Oh. You know? um, and so I think, yeah, you know, sometimes too, like if you're not eating nutrient dense, you know, talking to your provider about, you know, supplements, if that would be helpful. Um, those are some general, general nutrition tips to support ovulation. Um, just because, you know, everyone has their own unique nutritional needs based on what you have going on with you, your health status, your conditions that you may be experiencing. But absolutely, make sure you're eating enough and make sure you're getting a variety of these types of foods that I talked about. Yeah. So two, two follow-up questions with that. First of yeah. all, if someone is building a meal and they're not really quite sure how to incorporate all these things or the amounts, because I think, again, if you come from diet culture, like, well, I want to be told exactly how many macros, like how many calories, you know, <laughs> you want to know, but we're, you know, we're obviously not about that. So how do you help someone to build a nourishing hormone balancing meal? Let's say they're like stuck on breakfast and they don't know what to make. What you, what, how might you help guide or support them in creating a hormone balancing meal? Oh, absolutely. I mean, working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, we do come up with like the proper protein range for you, the proper carb range for you. I mean, I have yeah. some who even have, you know, higher um, A1C levels. And so we're working on, we're working on that, um, you know, and so based on your, your overall like nutritional status and what your recommendations are, oh yeah, then we get really specific with food and supplements and all those other types of things that would be helpful if I have somebody that's just not like I have some right now who it's so hard for them to meet their protein, um, their protein, you know, needs throughout the day. And so we're talking about like, let's start with the morning, the more we kind of add in the beginning of your day, it'll be kind of easier for you to kind of compensate, you know, and at the, you know, towards the end of the day, et cetera, you know, so it's like, what foods, you know, do you like, what are the, um, how, how can we kind of support your body with, you know, just making sure you're seeing, you know, um, fuller for longer, but you're also supporting your body. And, and so we get to, you know, their food preferences, their cultural, you know, honoring their culture. Um, and so that looks different for everyone. But, you know, if you're somebody busy, like most of my clients, so we talk about the simple meals. So whether that's, you know, 
getting in, you know, some eggs and also, you know, making sure you have some kind of, you know, um, vegetables in it. You're adding in spinach, getting some of those nutrients. You're, you know, possibly adding, you know, some toast, getting that carbs. Maybe it's whole grain. Maybe it's not depending on what you need. Um, and, and, and then, you know, we're also, I'm like trying to think about like the plate right now, but yeah, everybody is, it's going to be different for everyone. And yeah, we do get specific as far as like, um, you know, um, macros just to kind of generally start, but we don't kind of track calories. I, I right. it's like, I, I try to get my clients to kind of simplify, you know, what we're doing. It's like, okay, how about you just think about um, adding in, you know, getting in X amount of servings of, of fruit as you're able to totally um, and then kind of working, working from there. But yeah, I'm all about simple nutrition, gentle nutrition. Like we don't need to count calories to, to be healthy, but we do yeah. need to get to a point of just understanding what our, what our body needs. So I think just having a general understanding of like estimates, like, okay, so I need to make sure maybe I can get in, you know, 25 grams of fiber today. And, and, you know, sometimes I think it, it's good to assess to see where you are. Um, and that's what, you know, kind of the, the sessions are really important because we talk about, okay, like, what are you eating? How does your, your day-to-day look like? And then we kind of um, fill in, you know, what, what would be best to support overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I love that. And it really is, it's going to be individualized, but it's simple about, having people understand the different macros that are important and getting in a balance and not restricting whole food groups, but understanding how fats are going to, you know, keep you fuller for longer. They're going to help boost your mood and your productivity. And Mm -hmm. protein is really important for ovulation and energy. And and the one that gets left out is is carbohydrates a lot, which is so annoying to me because first of all, not all carbs are the same. So it's like a processed bagel is going to do something completely different in the body than, you know, a sweet potato. And so, but we, we demonize carbs altogether and and we kind of put them in this one forbidden box. So um, I'm curious just to kind of touch on carbs. I know we, we don't have that much more time left, but I do want to touch on carbs and the role that they play in just ovulation and healthy hormones in general and and how someone who might be afraid of them can start to empower themselves to add them in. First of all, carbs were amazing. I don't even know when this thing started with like it being a thing to like cut out or throw away or say goodbye to. It does so much. I mean, it's providing your body with energy. First of all, it's giving Mm -hmm. us fuel. It's, you know, it's great for digestion. And so there's, you know, fiber, um, which is a type of that. And, and it's, that's going to help to support your gut, Um, you know, help with kind of saying goodbye to constipation if you deal with that Um, or irregular stools, et cetera. But, you know, when it comes to your, your hormones, it's keeping it in check. I mean, your digestive system, it's releasing over 20 different hormones into your body that affects your energy levels, your blood sugar, your, you know, your hunger, your fullness, all these types of things, like having the right amount and type of carbohydrate can leave you feeling energized and, and satisfied. Um, there's so much nutrients that it can offer too. I mean, you're getting a source of, you know, minerals and vitamins and phytonutrients and, you know, there's, I can go on. I'm like trying to think about all the things, but basically, yes, carbs yeah. are absolutely amazing. And 
um, we need them. That's like the top macronutrient that our body actually needs for, for function. And, you know, I think I, I, we talk about this quite a lot. It's just like, I think there's so many women that cut that out, you know, um, mm-hmm. and unless you have a certain condition where medical nutrition therapy wise, that may help to manage that particular condition, you know, you don't need to be cutting it. Um, and and what, what happens when we're cutting out a lot of these different foods and you're just not eating enough? I mean, your, your metabolism starts to slow down. You know, it's like to conserve energy for those life-sustaining needs. It thinks you're in a famine. It's like, hey, you know, bye. Reproduction is not my priority. So um, bye to the periods. I mean, yep. you know, like we were talking about earlier, periods and just your menstrual cycle, um, it's your body's way of telling you that things are actually working. And so I've seen where people have, you know, started to miss their periods. Um, and so we got down to even realizing that it's just because they were not eating enough. You know, they cut out all these different foods um, because they thought they had to, to be healthy, um, which is so, so damaging. And mm-hmm. it's just not true. Um, but when you're nourishing your body with those, those wholesome fats, you know, your protein, your, your carbs, like we're talking about, you're really giving your body that the, the building blocks and energy it needs to kind of bring balance to your hormones and your cycle to nourish yourself. I mean, your body absolutely deserves that. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. And 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 the other thing too is that if we want something that's going to be sustainable and last, we can't cut out carbs because for most people that's not going to be something we can be consistent with. It's not something that we're going to enjoy. And I love to remind my clients that the second half of the cycle, we produce progesterone, which is very important. And so we need B6 rich carbohydrates because B6 helps us naturally boost progesterone. And so if we eat more, you know, oats and bananas and chickpeas and sweet potatoes during the second half of our cycle, we're only helping boost our progesterone. So again, that gives us that empowerment we need to remind ourselves that carbs are necessary and that serotonin drops during the second half of the cycle and serotonin can be produced from carbohydrates. So it's no wonder if we're getting these crazy mood swings during that PMS week, but we're not eating carbs, we could actually help, you know, manage our moods if we incorporate some of those B6 rich carbs. So it's like, yeah. no wonder you're hangry and you're in a bad mood. You're not eating carbs. That hangry. makes everyone angry. That makes everyone <laughs> upset. Um, but then Eat also, the carbs. You will be okay, guys. Eat the carbs. Totally. You're going to survive you, and you're going you're gonna to thrive. Um, yes. So tell me, just as we wrap up, what is like your favorite hormone balancing meal? You can choose breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I am not going to lie. I hate this whole like hormone balancing diet, hormone balancing. Okay. I totally get what you're saying, but like it just puts it into another like quote unquote diet. In my okay, opinion, nourishing- at the end of the day, it's <laughs> what can we do to nourish our, our yeah. body? No, I totally understood your question, but I just, when it comes to things like that, I just get a little like, okay, it, you know, because sometimes you'll look on Google and it's like, there's just like this hormone balancing this or this keto that or this, you know, and then it's like, okay, we feel like we have to do it. But at the end of the day, it's like, there's just not a one size. And, you know, everyone um, is just going to have certain foods that are going to help support, you know, their bodies and, and hormones in their own special way. 
Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> certain foods or, you know, certain things that we can um, incorporate rather like nutrition wise to um, support, you know, like I said earlier, you know, getting a variety of those, um, you know, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory type of foods, eating more whole foods. We can't do that enough. Um, eating more plants, you know, your fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, grains, those types of things. Um, they're just packed with a lot of micronutrients to just benefit your overall health and to also support, you know, your metabolism, your, your hormones, um, et cetera. Um, I know we didn't touch too much on, on lifestyle type of things today, but like managing your stress is so, so important. Um, so, and I'm sure you talk about this quite a lot here on your amazing uh, podcast. Um, the managing your, your stress is, is super key um, yeah. just to support your hormones uh, as well. In addition to you eating health, healthfully. Um, and so, yeah, those are the main things um, just generally, but, you know, just eating enough, like I said earlier, and eating a variety, eating enough, eating a variety. If you can do those two things, you are well on your way to supporting your hormones. Yes. Well, I want to know your favorite like PMS week meal or like oh. if you get cravings, like what, what okay. can you choose? Like what's your favorite? Oh, you're talking about me. About okay. you, girl. Like your favorite go-to meal right now or dessert or snack or something that you're just loving. Okay. I'm so picky and like it, I feel like it changes all the time. Like, and sometimes they're not like the most nourishing meal, but it's what I'm craving. It's what's going to make me feel good and amazing, yeah. you know? Um, so let's say I'm going to give you the best of both worlds. <laughs> I don't know if they're both. Yeah, but best of both worlds. Um, sometimes I crave Kalamata olives. It's such a weird thing. Ooh, I love Kalamata that. olives. Um, and um, so basic, but avocados, like avocados, guac. I could literally eat it with like pita bread or like um tortilla chips mm -hmm. <laughs> um but yeah i mean you get the healthy fats right kalamata olive also right. a healthy fats it does have the salt and i feel like sometimes too like our bodies just know what you know we need and you know and sometimes i do crave that like salty um that salty um i'm more of like a salty crunchy savory type of person than like a super sweet type of person Damn. Um, and I feel like sometimes it's just my body saying, Hey girl, like we need to up the sodium this week. Maybe I'm, mm -hmm. you know, have been losing a lot, you know, or maybe I'm not staying hydrated or my electrolytes are a little off. Um, so anyway, yeah, I guess <laughs> Kalamata olives, avocados, uh, and sardines. People hate it, but guys, I will always stand 100% sardines. I love them. And I know I try to get my clients to eat sardines. They look at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, I would never touch that. Never touch that. They're I'm so like, fatty and like oily out. and delicious. But just don't eat them next to Delicious. You think they're delicious? Well, oh, I love oh them. God. I just wouldn't eat them wow. sitting next to someone like in a enclosed taxi or like a airplane or something. I would feel bad for them. Oh, but heck I, would, no. I would totally oh, eat no. those on a salad with like a bunch of avocado and good dressing. That sounds so good. Can I ask you yours? I want to know. Um, yeah. So I go through phases just like you. I'm trying to think what phase I'm in right now. So I, the phase I've been in super, uh, lately a lot is just, I mean, this is pretty much all the time, but like just so many different basic 
basic bitch here, but loaded avocado toast. Like I'll just do. Um, here we are, guys. We're the avocado queens. We gotta gotta do it. But I get this sourdough from my bakery down the street, and I feel like bringing joy mm -hmm. to food is so important too. Like I go I'm and I know it. the people that work there, and I pick out the fresh baked bread, and it's like I get my walk in, and then I go home. It's like this big loaf of fresh baked sourdough and just cutting it open, smelling it, making mm. this delicious, like I'll put like a fried egg baked in there and then I'll put avocado, then I'll put smoked salmon. Then lately I've been putting- Oh, you are killing it. This is a bougie avocado. Toast. Little lemon. <laughs> you <yeah>. got style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. So that one, that one's one of my go-tos. And then I've been doing some more smoothies lately. I kind of got back into the smoothie mm. train. So I made one that was so good. It's like a carrot cake smoothie and it's super thick, almost like a thick shake with carrots mm. and avocado and banana and protein powder and almond milk. It's so good. She's, I'm clearly the basic one and Jess is not. <laughs> I'm pretty basic, but I just, I, I call it my just shit in a bowl. Like I didn't shit in a bowl. I mean, I put shit in a bowl that I, I like. We could cut on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can. Uh, I just basically choose flavors that I like. I don't think it has to be overcomplicated. Like we feel like we have to follow recipes and stuff, but I'm literally like, hmm. Don't have time for that. I like Mediterranean food. I'm going to do some olives and some hummus and some chicken and, there you, go. you know, yes. so yeah it. make it on the olive, baby yep so okay i've taken up enough of your time i'm so appreciative <laughs> of you and i know we could talk forever so forever forever and ever so people are gonna have to go over and listen to your podcast look at your yeah. instagram all the things yeah. so tell everyone how they can keep in touch with you you guys definitely keep up i love community i love empowering women and there's just so much that we could talk about all the time. Um, love spreading the knowledge around these taboo topics and partnering with, with people like Jess and, and other you know experts and in this women's health space. So you guys can find um, me, it's Flourish Heights, um, that's the community um, on Instagram, or you can go to our website, we have a blog. We have a podcast called the Flourish Heights Podcast, podcast which is on apple spotify all the you know main streaming platforms and also i do accept uh clients virtually and so if you are looking to nourish better with like polycystic ovarian syndrome that's pcos um or you know um fibroids you know if you got high cholesterol diabetes all those types of things hit a girl up i'm so ready to help you you know eat better live better Yay. I love that. And we will put all of this in the show notes and then keep in touch because I want to do more things together. Oh, absolutely. Let's okay. do it. Well, thank you so much for listening to our girls chat today. I highly recommend that you give Valerie a follow over at Flourish Heights. I am constantly saving her posts to different Instagram collections. They're just so empowering. And like I said, easy to follow and fun. And whenever you need that little extra boost of encouragement and motivation and 
support in your life and with your nutrition and just with your hormones and overall health, she is right there for you. And I think you're just going to feel really, really good when you come upon her page. And if you are enjoying this episode, if you're enjoying the podcast in general, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, leave a review. That is again, how we grow this community and reach more amazing women and some men too. And, and yeah, we would love for you to connect with us on Instagram over at solo 2.0 podcast and body bliss by Jess, send us a DM screenshot, you know, an episode that you're loving and tag us and, and share with us, you know, any guests that you want us to bring on or topics you'd like to hear us talk about, or even just little changes that you've started to implement since listening to the podcast. All of that is incredible and we want to hear it. So as always, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind with yourself. We promise good things are on their way. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.